What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Best of Happy Weekend. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah, you're o- the weekend's almost over. It's Sunday. The weekend's almost over. You're going to have to go back to work tomorrow. Hopefully, you're working from home, though, and you don't have a commute. But I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you likely had a busy week because there was something you missed in the Raw and SmackDown roundups or the interview with Kayla Braxton. But do not stress. Do not fret because your boys got you covered. First, here is the most interesting thoughts from this week's Raw roundup. The show starts off with Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss out first. Bianca says she was going to challenge Bailey to a match tonight before Extreme Rules, but she knew still wouldn't be a fair fight. Obviously, this prompts an entrance from damage control. And Bailey says there's a difference between she and Bianca. Bianca was trained to be a champion, but she herself has been working to become a champion since she was a kid. Bianca was chosen, but Bailey has been working on it her whole life. And then, oh man, Bianca said this line here that even just like outside of wrestling, it's so good. Like it's something that should be taught to people in life. Uh, Bianca fires back saying, I'm not about to downplay my accomplishments to meet you at the level you're comfortable with. What a line. That's like like something like <laughs> something uh like your parents would would would, would uh teach you to say or or a, a, a you know a, a authority would say that you were like, "Man, that's something that's stuck with me for life." That's that's one of those ones I'm, that's going to stick with me. I'm going to think that when people are talking to someone, I'm not about to downplay my accomplishments to meet you at a level that you're comfortable with. What a good line. That's why I think Bianca is such a good role model at times. Like, I don't know if that was something that was written for her. It seems like something that she's just had in that she just had in the tank. And man, it was good. I really liked how it sounded. It made her sound like a, like a, like a true role model, not to, to put down Bailey as a role model, also a role model. <laughs> uh, Bianca says that Bailey was smart to come back with Dakota and Io because she knew that she couldn't handle Bianca alone. This obviously leads to Bailey up in the ante at Extreme Rules, wanting it to be a ladder match between them for the title. And obviously, Bianca accepts, and then she challenges Io to a match tonight, and we're off. To the races, Bianca Belair versus Io Sky. Great storytelling in this match. Uh, Bianca and Io are just so good at wrestling. Like I was just watching this, thinking to myself, like, man, these, these two are just so good. Like a lot of times when I'm sitting here writing notes, sometimes I'm like writing some of the spots that I liked or something that I found inventive. But I don't know if I necessarily felt like they were like recreating the wheel here or anything um there wasn't like any, you know there wasn't like there, there was one cool spot i saw where eo hit an arm drag on bianca who was on the top rope and i thought it was cool and that's not something that you see done often but really like that aside i felt like they were doing the 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 norm but doing it so well like just so well they're just you know eo shirai excuse me eo sky is someone who 
she just it makes a lot of what she does look so effortless, you know, and, and it still looks impactful. And I just I really like her, her style in the ring. And Bianca Belair is just so smooth, so crisp, so clean with everything she's doing. And together, their styles mesh so well. And I really enjoyed this one. I really did. Uh, Bianca eventually hits the KOD for the pinfall victory. Next segment, Rey Mysterio was interviewed backstage, and Rey reiterates that he'll never hit Dominic, but he doesn't recognize the man that Dominic has become. I know deep down inside, that's not my son, and he claims that it's Rhea manipulating Dom's heart and mind. He then hypes his match against Seth Rollins later, saying that he won't show any remorse to Rollins when they face off. Excuse me. Miz then backstage with his own security team that he hired, which will be a running theme for a little while throughout this episode. And I love... <laughs> Miz had... Look, this is one of those things where Miz took a throwaway segment, just something that's... Could have been just nothing. Could have been a quick two lines. Done. But I, I, I like that with, with this, what they, they really just like, they took the, the minimum amount of time they had and they maximized it with some funny-ass lines from Miz. Uh, I liked when he said to them that uh, he was offering them a prize package worth up to $1 million, uh, but not a $1 million. It was a prize package worth up to a $1 million, which included... Uh, a cameo in the next Marine. Didn't know they were making one of those. Gift cards. Sounds like me at Dave & Buster's after my engagement party. And career advice from none other than himself, which is really worth a million dollars in and of itself. And then he gives him the best nickname, the Miz Force. And go asks the Miz Force to find Dexter Loomis. Like I said, just really maximizing his on-screen time here, uh, you know, I don't know if that was something he did, writer, Triple H, I have no idea, but I can't say is one of my main, one of the one of my main, uh, one of, one, of the, one of the main positives out of the Triple H era has been maximizing screen time for more than a handful of characters. Everyone's getting screen time. And, you know, there's the old ECW, you know, Paul Heyman. You'd always hear Paul Heyman's big thing was, you know, or people liked about Paul Heyman was that he was really good at, at um, you know, accent, accentuating people's positives and, and then downplaying their their negatives. And um, he, I feel like so far that's really been the case with a lot of these things is like we're getting lots of segments with lots of different people that all are, are gaining from it. And it's not just a couple segments in the whole night. It's like every single segment. I, I'm writing so much. I'm writing so much, so many notes during the show because there's so much to analyze in these podcasts. So I think that like, um, and I spent a lot of time analyzing the two-minute backstage with The Miz. But, but I really do uh, respect how they're using the three hours to their advantage rather than something that hinders the show. Now there's, there's a lot more meat on the bones that, that we're getting each week. It's a healthier serving of WWE, and I'm digging it. I said on on Twitter that I'm someone who thinks, who's, who's a firm believer in the fact that actions speak louder than words. 
And I really do appreciate that Triple H is not coming out there and saying everything's going to be better. I'm fixing everything. You're going to be happy. Instead, he's giving us cool things and making changes that we like and bringing people back who we never wanted to be gone in the first place. Did you agree with my thoughts there in the Raw Roundup? I hope so. If you didn't, well, don't tell me because I will be sad. No, I'm just kidding. Tweet me at Ryan Satin and let me know. Now, here's a brief portion of this week's interview with Kayla Braxton from Out of Character. You know, in looking just because, you know, I've, I've followed you since you started working at WWE, but like in looking at your background and seeing everything that you've done, it, it seems like the bump has been the perfect vehicle for you to, to, yeah. to fully use all your skills. And it really, like when the bump uh, was getting started, um, I remember at the time I was kind of in a rut, which, you know, that happens in, in any job, but just the every single week was the same. I'm only, at that time, I was only just going to Friday Night SmackDown once a week. I was like, I need to do more. I need to always be doing something. So the bump just completely revitalized, you know, me and my passion for not only WWE, but just for being an on-air personality. And to see how it's been received by the fans and continue to grow. We're, we're like three years in on this show. And, you know, if you look at the history of shows like this and WWE, it's not really a thing for us to see shows last this long. Yep. And it's not going anywhere anytime soon. And now we have talent. We went from like talent, like what is the, the bump that I have to go do? Now it's like them coming up to me and asking like, hey, when can I come on your show? So. It's it's awesome, and I, I think it's I think it's just gonna keep growing. Doesn't that feel so nice when they do that? Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because, dude, I I also feel like I'm kind of like burdening sometimes. Like, I know you've got a lot to do. Can you please just come and do the interview? And then after after a year of doing this show, I have someone go like, "Really, dick move for not bringing uh, me on yet." And I was like, I was trying to be nice. I know. I was waiting for the call. I was like, "Wow." Okay. No, no, no. You can ask WWPR. They're on the line watching right now. They will tell you I have been requesting you for like six months, dude. What? I swear to God. That's why they were like, well, you know, Kayla's going to be at Fox. Do you want to like, do it then since you've been like requesting it for so long? And I was like, yeah, yes, definitely. Oh, you know? So, yes, I, I have. It. And it's it sucks because I'm not complaining about WBPR. They're great people. But, oh, but they don't tell them. So then I get people mad at me like, why would you? I've been requesting you for so long. I promise. Like, don't I like send them like a screen grab like here. I promise I've been doing it. Oh, no, it's good. Oh, it's but with, what I was gonna say with you, you know, uh, I, I, it's, it's nice that we grew up in an era where there's so much. Uh, I can do a lot of research on someone, mm -hmm. and I watched your uh, baccalaureate speech that you did, oh. and even in that, you talk about how like it's your dream to yeah. have a show like The Bump, and that's yeah. like what 2013 or something Listen, like that. Listen, I knew from I was actually talking um, to one of the, the um, makeup artists today about you know how everyone is different when when they find their passion and. I was talking about her kids and how, you know, they're 10 years old and 12 years old. They don't know what they want to do yet. And that's completely fine. That's why people go to college without declaring a major. Like we grew up, but I was one of the fortunate ones to know at a very young age, like clear as day, what it is I wanted to do. And, uh, I was nine years old. Um, again, you know, my story, most people who follow me know my story. I was raised in a, in a foster family. And prior to that, before I was nine, life was really rocky. Um, had no passions about anything just was trying to get through every single day didn't really have adult positive influences in my life um i moved in with my foster home and uh we had to do something called 4-h everyone all the students had to participate at my school in a 4-h thing it's a southern thing public speaking was one of the options it was either that or sewing or agriculture i'm like i don't know what no no thank you well, like, this is this is going to give me the perfect opportunity to stand up in front of these strangers in this new town and tell a little bit about my story i was terrified but I got up there and I, I remember telling myself, just memorize it. Don't look down because that's going to make you look like, you know, better at this. 
get up there, I did it, and I won first place. There was only two people. It's fine. But it was the first time in my entire life that I ever won anything. And I remember getting off the school bus so proud to, like, show my foster parents. And I'm running down, like, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory style. I won, and they had no idea because I didn't tell them because I was afraid to fail and disappoint them. Show them my first place ribbon from this public speaking contest. And the look of pride they got in their faces, I'll never forget. And it was that day I was like, first time I've made someone proud of me, this is what I'm going to do forever. And so did the public speaking stuff and just really honed in on the craft and the rest is history. I actually, dude, I did not know like your background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did before before this conversation, but before researching, oh, yeah. I definitely didn't. And I was like floored by just what you've overcome and just everything that you've that you've you know been through and that you're like you are such a success story coming out of that. And I think that a lot of times you hear different uh, people having different experiences mm-hmm. with the foster system. So it's so cool for me to hear that you got such nurturing foster parents. Oh, I got really lucky. And it's it's been so special working in WWE because, you know, working around all these uh, kids who some of them are at a show but have a broken household at home or, you know, you never know what's going on. And when I was new at NXT, I was doing house shows, 50 people in an armory in Florida. And I always noticed this little girl, um, I could always tell things maybe weren't quite right at home, but she was always so happy to be there. And I told my story for the first time since being in WWE. And uh, she, I heard, felt a little tap in my shoulder as I'm going through my notes. And she goes, hey, Kayla, I just want to tell you that I, I read your story. She goes, and now I know I'm going to be okay, too. Aww. And I was like, that's why like, that's why we should all be doing what we do, because all these eyes on us. And a lot of us have difficult backgrounds and stories. And to share those to, you know, the little girl who knows now that she's going to be okay. And maybe she's going to go on to be a TV host now, you know? So, <laughs> Dude, that gets me like, gets me like Gustav's talking about that kind of stuff. Because yeah. that is what you do ultimately do yeah. it for. And that is ultimately why you talk about certain things when, when you've been through them. So that you so that someone can mm-hmm. see themselves in you. And yeah. like when I was looking at your story, I, I was just amazed. I, I was just blown away how old you were when you got put up for adoption. Because mm-hmm. I was like, God, that's like, usually you hear people like don't aren't fully forming their yeah. memories at that point. But like you're so aware of everything that yeah. was going on at that time i couldn't imagine how hard that would have been yeah that was that was that was that was rough but man it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me and you know we all say that but like you know uh look looking back of course it wasn't i didn't it was one of the worst days of my life um but obviously there was always a, a clear purpose for what was to come and and here we are sitting here without a character with ryan satin <laughs> have you ever now that you're so far from that have you ever talked to your mom like your biological mom Oh yeah, so we've developed a relationship over the last several years. She was uh, she was put into into prison, which is why I had to go into foster care in the first place. Um, and then we didn't talk for I think she was in for five years. I was angry with her. I didn't really want a relationship with her, um, but she's doing so well now, so much better with her life. We're not best friends, um, but I brought her to a WWE show, uh, and yeah, I, I think this is probably the best that we we've we've ever been. And I have three biological siblings as well. Um, so all of us are in, in pretty good standings right now. So it's nice to see. It's been 25 years, but it's it's nice to see. You're the only guest I've had on the show uh, who, and it's great, who suggested topics to me. Oh, which that's is, a journalist, you know. I, that, that, that's why I loved it. Because I was like, this person who does their own show clearly every week. Because usually people are just like, come in, just ask me whatever. So, okay, you've been reading these books. Yes. Yeah, so you've read like, There's like six of them I've seen you post. There's so many, yeah. So What is up with these books? Renee Young and I... Um, a guy and her name is Colleen Hoover. Okay. This new, I don't know if she's new, but she's this author that's kind of blowing up everywhere. Her books are amazing. And I'm not, a, I used to be a big reader when I was younger. And then as I've gotten older, when I'm home, I just want to turn my brain off, turn on some trash reality TV and just be done with it. 
Um, but I've lately been wanting to find something to get me back into reading. A, it's good for our brains just to kind of keep it sharp. And, you know, there's only so much trash reality TV. No, there's not. There's an endless amount of trash <laughs> reality say, TV. Don't get crazy here, <laughs> Kayla. Come um, on. So, yeah, she's got, a, like, several books out. I think I've probably read about eight of them now. So Renee and I have started them. Um, then we've gotten some of the other people at work. I highly recommend them. Her, but the best one is Verity. She's a romance novel or romance novelist. Novelist. <laughs> romance noveler. That sounds cool too. But uh, Verity is her only like thriller, and I love scary thriller stuff. If you have not, go go to the bookstore, download it on your Kindle. Uh, Verity by Colin Hoover. One of the best books I've read in a long time. All right, now make sure you listen to that whole interview. It was a really good one. She was in studio. It was a fun conversation. Very lighthearted, chill. We're not getting too deep, but there's still a few deep things you can get out of it. Now, speaking of deep, I got real deep down the rabbit hole looking at QR code stuff during this week's SmackDown. So here are my most pertinent thoughts from this week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. Got to start off with Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa versus Ricochet and Madcap Moss. Uh, I I love I love that Sami Zayn is getting more popular by the day in WWE. And you know what's even better about it is that he's getting his flowers. He's getting his flowers from people at the same time. People aren't all hating on it. You know, initially I I I would have said I don't think that you can recreate the love the audience had for Daniel Bryan years ago when they really wanted to see him win the title. But the people are really getting behind Sami Zayn in the way they got behind Becky Lynch and the way they got behind Daniel Bryan. And I'm really loving the positive reactions he's getting from the crowds, even while playing a heel character, because we all know this is going somewhere. And we all appreciate that it's been very entertaining, that Sami Zayn is going out of his way to entertain the hell out of us. I had Kayla Braxton on Out of Character this week, and she even said that she thinks Sami Zayn is the most entertaining character they have on the shows right now. I think I saw Shane Helms was on After the Bell this week and said the exact same thing. So it's nice to see that people in the industry are all appreciating what Sami Zayn is doing as the honorary Oos show begins with him coming out first. Place goes nuts for him. Get Solo, Solo Sokoa's entrance after that, which is really cool live. I don't know if I talked about that when I did the SmackDown roundup from when they were out here in Anaheim, but it has a really cool presence to it in person. Comes across well on TV, obviously too. But uh, in person, it's it's it just it's almost similar to like how Naomi's is like a cool, fun experience. Where just because visually it's so impressive, and I like that's kind of how I feel about Solo Sokoa's entrance too. The finish of this match saw Solo use a chair on Ricochet while the ref wasn't looking, then tag himself in to get the pin after hitting a spinning Uranagi. Madcap tries to fight Sammy after the match, but Solo sees this, goes crazy on him, headbutts Madcap multiple times, also gives him two consecutive running hips in the corner. And I gotta say, like, you know, just in, you know, in the way I was talking about Sammy just now, you gotta give props to the way they're handling Solo Sokoa. I think that, you know, Madcap Moss is someone who 
isn't unbeatable in WWE, but you know, over the past, you know, let's say the past year, I believe that's how long he's been on the main roster now as this Madcap Moss character. He's been a fixture of of the show for the past year, for the most part. Um, even though there's been a regime change, uh, he he is he has still been a fixture of the show for the past year. And to get uh, a win like that over Madcap, I thought was good for building up how tough Solo Sokoa is, especially when Ricochet was on the team, former Intercontinental Champion. And even though he took him out of the match with a chair, the fact that he's even able to stand on his own with all these other guys, Sami Zayn included, really does solidify how how uh, what's the right wording? Solidifies like how serious of a competitor Solo Sokoa should be taken as, and I like that. I think that's a really good way of kind of inserting him quickly, and you know because of the you know because of the fact that he's grown up in the industry and he is part of the bloodline, he's kind of getting tossed into the deep end and so far he's done a really good job of of swimming to the top after that we had sammy and solo walk back into the bloodline locker room they run into jay uso outside of the locker room he opens the door for them he says he was there to watch his brother i'm guessing this was pre-taped but jay then tells sammy when it's just the two of them that he sees right through sammy that sammy might have everyone else fooled but not him and that he's going to do something if Sammy tries to do anything to his family. Sammy tells Jay uh, to take it up with Roman and says, if you don't mind, I'd like to go into our locker room. Clearly, you know, I don't, I really, I've said it before, and there's, I just really like how there's so many ways you could go with this. There's the, you know, the thing I had outlined with The Rock. There's just the inevitable, you know, match between Jay and Sammy. There's, there's, you know, Sammy turning on the bloodline that, you know, he wanted to show that he really was the, the, the master manipulator that he claims to be and so good at it that he was able to weasel his way into the bloodline even. Or going the other way, really thinks they're friends and the bloodline kicks him out. We get sympathetic babyface. There's just so many ways to go here and I love it. I thought this was a nice little way of keeping the intrigue alive on where this is going to go even after Sami Zayn was officially inducted into the bloodline last week by Roman Reigns himself by giving him the honorary Oos shirt. Next, there was a Carrion Cross video package, well, video vignette type thing, and I loved this. I loved this. I've mentioned on here, I've mentioned it on Twitter, I've mentioned it in so many places that I wanted to see something more akin to the videos that he posts on social media, his YouTube videos, his you know, he posts them on Twitter and Instagram as well. But when he is producing these videos himself, they're much more cinematic. I, I It's not that I dislike the black and white. The black and white's cool for an entrance. It's got a cool mystique to it. But the, but the promos... It's not that I don't like the black and white. I just feel like these videos he does where he's kind of like in the streets, like smoking a cigar, walking through cities, and like you hear just kind of like his his voice and he's saying kind of creepy stuff. That was more what this felt like to me. Uh, he says that, you know, he and Drew want the same thing, but only one of them can have it. And once the world sees what what Karrion Cross has been shown through the cards, 
And Drew is out of the way. He says he'll go on to make history and become the undisputed universal champion. But the way they sh- but the way they shot this to me was the real positive here. Um, I felt like it just had a cooler vibe to it. It was more similar to the stuff he's done to get himself over when he's out there on his own, not in WWE. They just I don't know, there's just a cooler allure to them when they when they're kind of like in a suit in the streets. Just tough people, tough tough guy and his lady, who may or may not be a supernatural person who can see the future. Unclear at this point in time, but what is clear at this point in time in the podcast and on the show is that this segment ended with another white rabbit QR code. It was fairly clear on the screen and once again came up when Karrion Cross was cutting a promo he finished it he finished what he was saying but his face was still there and digitally a qr code drops in now this week's qr code leads you to leads you to a video that begins with uh the the three little pigs the whole you know the famous story with the big bad wolf and the three little pigs and you see they're dancing and they're singing and they're building and it's got some happy music, and but then it's cut in with, with uh, you know, sliced up pigs, you know, real pictures of pigs uh, that are cut up. You got the pig heads. You got the pig legs. Um, there's three little pig heads, a bunch of pig legs. Actually, there's three pig heads, but there's only two pig legs. All right, we're done here. We're done. Go check out the full episodes if you didn't listen to them. Go check them out. I worked hard on those. I put a lot of effort into it. Go listen to the whole thing if you get any time. But until then, make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast feed. It's the only place you can find these Ron Smackdown roundups. It's it's the only place you can find the best of. Also, the audio version of Out of Character. But make sure you're subscribed. And while you're here, if you are subscribed to the Out of Character channel, hook it up with a rating or a review on whatever platform you listen on. I think you can only leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So if that's the one you're using, hook it up. I'll be very appreciative of it. And I read some of them on the Ron Smackdown Roundup shows. Also, make sure you're subscribed to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find the video version of Out of Character every Wednesday. Clips from Ron Smackdown and so much more. Go follow at WWE on Fox on YouTube. Also, speaking of that, WWE on Fox, go follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're all over, so make sure you go follow us on all of them. Not just one of them, all of them. Go do it right now. <laughs> all right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Till next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been another Best Of.